Welcome back, folks. We're back. We're back. Wild Conjecture. Matt, Tom, and Eddie. It's us. And, and, and another uh, guest. And another dang guest. And another Surprise. dang spritzel from, from A little uh, spritzel Ed, from me. That's how from, I yeah. Eddie. It, it wouldn't be cord. Wild Conjecture without Eddie throwing in some chord malfunction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have you. our special guest today is... Doctor of Law, <laughs> whoa, whoa, Andrew Pace, nice. Uh, t- here to talk with us about the law. I don't know if you heard his name, so I'm going to say it again. Andrew Pace, welcome, Andrew. gentlemen. And Thanks for having me. And we're talking law, law. We're talking and law. order or just law. Are we going to talk order. <laughs> order is a different pod. This is just the law yeah. part. I'll just come back for the order <laughs> next week. Okay. Good. Um, so. Uh, yeah, good question off the bat. It, how realistic is Law and Order? Have you ever watched it, Andrew? I have watched it, and it's an entertaining show. And lots of lawyers like the show. Oh, good. Um, but lawyers, SVU. Uh, my wife loves SVU. <laughs> my God, she's watched every episode of, of probably yeah, five no, times. No, Cassie got me like deep into SVU. Is that the one that's like, dun, 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 or is that a different one? How that's does the theme probably, song go? I don't know. That sounds like no, a, it's just. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And then all the Law and Orders have the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The jail cell clink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that what that is? I believe so. Yeah. Wow, that's what that's really supposed really. to be? Yeah. Uh, how accurate is the show? Some of the issues and the scenarios are accurate. In fact, the the producer of the show, Dick Wolf, he's known for... Dick. <laughs> Dick. He's known for, Dick I think the whole, the whole brand of the show is we rip the headlines from the news, essentially. Right, right. But right, the right. actual... Oh, totally. When they're in the courtroom saying things, they're... Nothing could be farther from the truth. It's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, get out of yeah, here, really? Yeah. It's silly and it's fun and it's very entertaining, but that's not like objection. The tr- like the trial aspect is is way off. Correct. Mm. Correct. The trial procedure as they say and the objections and the testimony and the way the judge oversees everything is um pure fantasy, but very entertaining. Mm. Wow. Question apropos of that, um <laughs> do you think that uh a lot of people have been drawn to to law based on sort of this romanticization of lawyers through TV and stuff, and then find that they're really disappointed when they realize it's just a lot of like very careful reading and late nights mm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very much so. Ours is not unique in the professions, but there are many people who go to law school thinking that they're going to be some swaggering trial attorney, and that really doesn't exist anymore. Laws. The study of law and the practice of law is far more boring and grueling and tedious and soul-crushing than acting like a swaggering trial attorney. Yeah. So yeah. what how, what drew, I drew feel, you in? Were you were you aware of that prior to going to law school, or did you kind of come to, to terms with that later? You could probably read with swagger, though. That's true. <laughs> 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 Page 475. <laughs> <laughs> my highlighters laid out. Yeah, yeah. Steve uh, <laughs> Sog's going in his head the whole time. <laughs> no, I, I didn't go to law school thinking that I was going to be, say, a prosecutor or a, a criminal defense attorney that was in trial all the time. Hmm. I thought I'd be doing more trial work, but trials are so rare nowadays and they're becoming more and more rare. Hmm. And there's been a proliferation of alternatives to trials. Mm, um, interesting. 
What is that? What would an alternative to a trial look like? Uh, a shootout in the street? <laughs> a duel? <laughs> a duel? <laughs> um, yeah. They're called alternative dispute resolutions. There's uh, like arbitrations or mediations. Yeah, mediation I've heard of, yeah. Mediation, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. mediation. Essentially, trials. Oh, oh just kidding. Everybody <laughs> thinks that trials That's is... Meditation. Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> People think that trials are like Judge Judy. Everybody yeah. shows up to court. I'll tell my side of the story. You tell your side of the story, and Judge Judy will say something say sassy. Say some sassy, yeah. <laughs> She's got that drop, drop some Judy on wisdom on you. And that's yeah. the exact opposite of how they work. They're actually extraordinarily structured and precise and technical procedures that are very time-consuming mm-hmm. and often, um, how do I say this, seem counter to your common sense, and that's what people find so frustrating about it. So. There's been a lot of these alternative dispute resolutions where essentially people just get thrown in a room, the adversaries, the two parties that are fighting or have a dispute, and an arbitrator sits in between them and says, what's your side? What's your side? Here's generally what the law says, or generally this would be the outcome if we had a trial, and it's far more um, efficient and less costly and less time-consuming. What do you think is more accurate, law and order or Judge Judy? (laughs) To, to get to the heart of the issue here. This is, yeah. yeah. J- Judge Judy, and I'll tell you why. Oh, yes. Because nice. Judge Judy... Uh, That's pres- actually real, right? She presides over a small claims court, I think. I don't think I've actually ever watched a full episode. It could episode. just be staged. But, the, <laughs> but there are actual small claims courts. If you have, say, in the state of New York, you have a dispute, you owe me $5,000. Yep. I would take you to small claims court, and it would look very light, much like Judge Judy. Interesting. So her uh, show is far, far more accurate. Okay. Wow. wow. Shout out to Judge Judy doing it yeah, right. Let's add her. Yeah. Teaching the, the people. Yeah. Um, I remember. So I've only had to go to court a couple times. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, that seems like a lot. And you're like, only, well, you know, only been to court a couple times, especially knowing that it's like not really a, happening a lot. I've only been to court a half a dozen times uh, <laughs> to dispute. <laughs> I've only been on Judge Judy a handful of times um, to dispute, like you know, speeding tickets or whatever, uh, like 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 traffic. You would, uh, you would go to tickets. dispute a speeding ticket. Well, you know, Matt's that annoying person who shows up and fights his parking ticket yeah. instead of just paying the parking ticket. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Well, hey, that's why the law is open for interpretation. Am Absolutely. I right, Andrew? Absolutely. Yep. You're an interpreter yeah, of the law. Yeah. Mm, you indeed. are. Yeah, indeed, right. In many ways, the gatekeeper. <laughs> um, yeah. But I just, one time, so I'm in the line to, like, get into court. As you are, yeah. Yep. All mm-hmm. these people, like, show up for mm-hmm. the same reason to, like, fight these parking tickets. And this guy behind me, like, you know, he he's, like, fighting a speeding ticket. And he's like, man, I, I just don't know what happens to me when sometimes I'm on the road and I'm just listening to some good music. And I'm like, oh, man, it feels like I'm flying. You know, I'm just flying on the road. And I'm like looking at him and his eyes are like crazy. Oh, wow. And I'm like, whoa, you really get like something out of that, huh? And he's like, I don't know how fast I'm going. I'm just flying. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I <laughs> don't know. Is that his mean, defense? <laughs> I wasn't yeah, speeding. I was, like, I was flying. <laughs> you might want to backtrack on that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, my God. Oh my I wasn't goodness. driving a car. I'm guessing he didn't get off. Probably, um, probably. So, eh. yeah, I've seen worse defense. So, what's your take on that, Andrew? Like, 
uh, should as he we're have gotten leading up to this? <laughs> Based on what you know Is about that the a case. Good <laughs> no, like I've been thinking about like the law being this like there are, you know, it's there are laws, right, that our government Oh, I wonder how creates, many there are. Thousands, thousands and thousands, thousands and thousands. Yeah. Thousands of laws. Federal laws. And a lot of laws are made based off of trials. A lot right? of laws are but... made to be broken. Oh. Ooh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. That's right. The, That's the, one take. The trial courts and the appeals court keep the law constantly in flux. That's why right. you, when you go to a lawyer and you ask him, hey, this happened to me, what's going to be the result? Sometimes the honest answer from even a really experienced lawyer is, I have no idea, because the trial court just came down with a new ruling that interprets the law differently, or an appeals court, or the Supreme Court of the United States just made a ruling, and we don't really know how your case is going to turn out. Uh, so a lot of legal proceedings turn into lawyers trying to counsel their clients on what we think is going to happen here. It's not the scientific method. Yeah. Mm. Um, Matt, um, I mean, Tom yeah. hates that. What? I said, as a scientist, you probably hate that, right? Oh, that there's no scientific... Well, I just I know that I, it's too many variables. I'm too trying to stir up controversy. Change. If we fight more, oh. it's more interesting for the listeners. Oh, yes, sorry. <laughs> Judge Judy style. There's just so, so many different little things. Then, But what about this? And what about this? And yeah, yeah. It, it seems incredibly difficult the law. it's frustrating and th there's a lot of risk involved particularly if there's money on the line or it's a business mm -hmm. dispute right and that's why attorneys are constantly beating their clients over the head to just settle and move on and take <sighs> this as a sunk cost instead of taking this person to trial because god knows what's gonna happen god knows what a jury's gonna think god knows right. how a judge is gonna, is gonna interpret this right right a trial is, and, is like and uh, a gamble big time. and that's the gamble. point right like God knows how a judge is going to interpret this. Correct. So, like, it's your job to make an argument, you know, in one way or another that frames a situation a certain way to influence. You're basically, it's, a, it's like the power of persuasion mm -hmm. has such governance over the law. Yeah, if it, you look right? at a curriculum from the 17th century, they, they didn't teach law what they taught was rhetoric and that's right. the foundation of laws making arguments and and persuading authorities um we have in the united states what are called um laws or they used to call courts of equity which is where you used to not even cite law you would just say this is what happened this is most just and i'm asking the court to render a decision in my favor because that would be in furtherance of justice but now with the society we live in now and the government and all the complication and the rules and the regulations, it's a lot more technical. You can actually point to this rule and say, right. look, this happened in this scenario. It's governed by this regulation, so this is going to be the outcome. Yeah, But there's still a tremendous amount of interpretation, especially when it comes to really broad things like the Constitution. You know, What does free speech mean exactly? But I won't go down that rabbit hole. Mm. Well, we might go down there. Yeah, well, we we're might. podcasters, so we like we're big. We're big in favor of freedom. You big rabbit holers. Yeah, yeah. and we're rabbit holers. We're, we're, we're both rabbit holers yeah. and free speechers. Yeah. <laughs> where did that come from? Rabbit hole. Oh, I know where it came from. The rabbit hole. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. Rabbit? Lock and key. Oh, 
Probably. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> no, sorry. That's a rabbit hole that we won't go down. <laughs> Can we sue them for making us frustrated by watching that show? I wouldn't take that case. <laughs> so if someone needs to go to a lawyer, someone did something, someone had something done to them, and they're like, damn it, I need a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Damn it. What do they what do they do? What's the process for those of us who might We've only been know? to court several times. <laughs> well, you don't always need a lawyer, first and foremost. And I right. think you know that more than most people because you're the type of... No, I, I mean this honestly. This is, I'm giving you a compliment. And the compliment is Matt is the type of person who's stubborn and diligent, and he will just go out and figure things out. Yeah. Right. Nice. I think I appreciate you do that, that a lot. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to sometimes people are confronted with any sort of adversity or confusing moment in their life and they run to an attorney. They say, I need an attorney. And sometimes yeah, yeah. no, you don't. Mm. Um, but you don't have to necessarily be in um, a difficult situation to work with an attorney. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes you're buying a house or buying a business right? Um, or doing some sort of uh, transaction where you want to speak to a lawyer to make sure your bases are covered. You're in the state of New York. You're fully disclosing things to the Department of State or the Department of Treasury, the Taxation Department. And your lawyer, if you go to an old-timey lawyer office outside, it'll say attorney and counselor at law. And a lot of times what transactional attorneys do is they'll counsel you through these processes. And they'll say, I've had a bunch of clients do this. This is how this process goes this is what you have to do this is what you should anticipate yeah. this is how much it's going to cost you um but i always tell people you don't need a lawyer sometimes when i tell people it's going to take this long it costs this much they'll scoff and not and to be a jerk sc- scoff and scurry they'll sc- well they usually don't scurry but they scoff <laughs> and sometimes they scurry. And, and i don't mean to be heavy on scurry. i don't mean to be a jerk but i'll say you know you could go do this yourself there's nothing in the law that requires you to have an attorney it's just that sometimes you want a second pair of eyes Right, you know? right, right. Mm. And there's like all these online things like LegalZoom and stuff yeah. like this. Thoughts that have, on that. Right. I don't know. Yeah, what are you, I don't even know anything about Yeah, what this. about the law and tech? What's going on in there? It's interesting. It, people have been predicting the death of lawyers for probably two decades now, and they just have not figured out a way to kill us yet. <laughs> um, but technology's changed everything, including the way people practice law and clients mm. expect efficiencies particularly younger clients, the millennial crowds. Shout um, out millennials. Had, shouts, shouts. Yeah. Uh, I've had clients do yeah. simple things like estate planning, drafting a will on uh, LegalZoom.com, and they've oh. always come back to me and said, is this right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, nice. Yeah, I, I, do, I do my own taxes, but this year like, I wanted to hire somebody because it got a little bit more complicated. And I went to talk to this woman, and she was like, I kept like asking her all these questions because she's she's like, yeah, I'll give you a free consultation. I was like, are you sure? Because I'm gonna like <laughs> ask you a lot. Ass, of- that's what. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah, sure. And so like, I'm asking her these questions, and I'm like, so if I wanted to file that, like, what exactly would I do? And she's like, you know, I'm getting the feeling that you're gonna walk out of here and do it yourself. So. I'm just going to stop you right there. And I was like, no, 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 you're good. You're good. <laughs> like, oh she was like, God. it got kind of funny. Did you uh, just do it yourself then after you got all the facts from her? No, I hired her. Oh, I hired good her. for you. But good for it's you. been shout out to interesting. Her. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the tax wizard. Um, uh, yeah. Well. What, uh, what type of lawyer are you, if that's the right question? Like, 
Yeah. yeah. Good or bad? Are you a day walker? I practice almost exclusively in the fields of estate and trust planning okay. and real estate. It's because nice. I work for a oh, smaller nice. law firm and we don't have a lot of corporate clients. Most of our clients are individuals who need their estate plans done. And we live in a, a city similar probably to Cincinnati or Milwaukee where a lot of people own houses. So Min- pretty much Minneapolis. Anyway, a Minneapolis. I'll go. It doesn't I'll go. matter. <laughs> it's just an agglomeration of I, shit cities out here in the Midwest. The Midwest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Detroit. Yeah, Detroit, whatever. <laughs> that's, that's where Eddie lives. Um, so I, I could probably answer most questions about New York estates and certain real estate transactions. I couldn't tell you everything about, say, criminal law or mm-hmm. no that's mm-hmm. fine matt handles all of his own criminal cases so it's no big deal <laughs> yeah um yeah. i just what I re- is a question for you uh, related to a couple topics we touch on a lot here um money millennials so forth you do trust you say Gen kind of that Z. type of Gen Z. do you think people in our generation are listeners. underestimating the importance of kind of estate planning even if they don't have a lot of money or just general thoughts on that so estate planning depends on who you want your estate to go to. Mm-hmm. So I find myself in a tricky situation where people my age come to me and they say, do I need to set up an estate plan? And I said, well, if you were to, not to be morbid, but if you were to die yeah. today, right. what do you own and who do you want it to go to? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they'll say, well, I own the clothes in my apartment and <laughs> sure. you know, my bike. Sure. And I want it to go to my sister. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it depends. I mean, I, I, I don't mean to be dismissive or be yeah. a jerk, but yeah. um, you don't want to go to an attorney and pay for them to do something that probably will happen anyways. Yeah. So it, typically it's when you get married or particularly if you've gotten divorced mm-hmm. and you have kids and you have in particular adult kids and you're going to start figuring out, okay, this is what I own. You have particular favorite adult right. kids right. over Shout out other favorite adult kids. kids. Okay. Yeah, that right. happens a lot. And sometimes there's tricky situations. One of your children may have, say, a, a special need and okay. they, they receive assistance from the government for a disability that they have. And if they were to inherit assets, that may jeopardize their ability to get the services that they really need. Interesting. So, oh, wow. And p- particularly with things like real estate. I mean, do your kids even want it? Is it mm-hmm. worth anything? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Might be um, more of a burden than a Do your kids get blessing. along? What if they in- if you got four kids and they don't talk to each other? They're very factious. I mean, maybe you want to put it into a, say, a trust that's forced to sell it and distribute the money even Yeah. More. So quick question there. What in simple terms is a trust? Oh, good uh, question. Yeah. Because we hear uh, trust fund babies, which yeah. we're right. assuming Tom is based on the amount of technology he buys every week. But other than that, <laughs> we don't really know. Trust, in some ways, can be a form of class warfare for rich people to keep their assets away from the, the prying eyes of the government and not Shout end up class pain. warfare. Add us. You want to show them the mug? You want to show them the mug? Or no? Yeah. We don't want to get political. <laughs> you got a Bernie mug or something? No, we don't want to get political. Yeah. Uh, no, to get back on track, a, a trust is a separate entity that will hold assets for you. Bank okay. accounts, real property. Intellectual property is a really big one that, that trust holds a lot. Yep. Mm. Uh, eventually, when your empire comes to be passed on. But yeah. what, what a trust does yeah, in practice is it, 
right? The word they use a lot is divest. It, you don't actually, for legal purposes, own the trust anymore. And for our listeners, I'm air quoting the word own. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't own air it. Air quotes, the, guys. The tr- God, look at You're a pod pro, man. Yeah, yeah. right. You yeah. are a pod pro. <laughs> you always have to ref the air quotes. Yeah, time. that's right. Yeah. So the trust will own the assets. <laughs> <laughs> oh no we're losing him fast guys it lets it lets you plan so you can you can dictate to the trust or the trustee the person who's responsible for it what you want to have happen with the assets and for certain very limited types of high net worth people it may avoid things like taxes it may have if you own assets in several states it could avoid the very time consuming and expensive process of opening a states in every state mm. so it, it's wow. a way for people to control their assets in a flexible and predictable way is it mm. but it sounds like it's not exclusively reserved for the ultra wealthy like even a it's normal not. person might want to trust it's not I, I have a lot of clients who are middle class upper middle class people who say have a condo in a different state mm. you know, they're not, these are not wealthy people yeah but when they pass, they don't want to open up a, an estate in Florida or North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe you have quickly had to move for your job and you still have a, a house in California. Mm-hmm. And you want to put it into a trust, nominate a trustee, and they can administer that asset on your behalf and you don't have to go through the hassle of owning it anymore. Can you be the trustee of your own trust? You can uh, for certain types of trusts, typically Whoa. what are called... Uh, revocable trust meaning that the trust the trust can be revoked mm. uh, you can serve as your own trustee you can serve as your own trustee for an irrevocable trust under certain circumstances uh, but if you're if you're really trying to get rid of assets put them in a someone else's a trust ownership mm-hmm. uh, you typically nominate a, a different trustee to do that interesting nice good overview there. Wow. yeah that was yeah wow for all the folks on on the cusp of starting a trust, now you have a little bit of details. Well, and don't get overly excited about trust. I really, <laughs> I, I'm not one of these attorneys that pushes them on clients. You have to have a very specific reason yeah. to have it. Everybody runs into my office and says, I need a trust. And nine times out of ten, I say, no, you don't. Mm. So nice. That must feel good. Put them in their place a little bit. Yeah. No, I'm very gentle. You don't need a trust. <laughs> get out of my office. Hey, if they want to spend the money and do it, they can do it. But Trusts are also cumbersome. You know, you, you do lose a lot of control, particularly with an irrevocable trust. So mm-hmm. it's not for everybody. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Mm. So should Talk the pod of- have a trust just in case we ever get any <laughs> revenue? Just, just to say, because we got, we got yeah. three different states here. It's just this right, very yeah. contentious situation. Yeah. Boy, that's a good question. You can nails all the money in Cincinnati. Yeah, you guys have intellectual property. You're creating things. Can you teach Sweet. us how to money launder <laughs> before <laughs> we even get money? Is that like, have you picked up some tips in your business of people who are trying to get away with things? Just kidding. Creative you know, you tax planning? No, not yeah. not necessarily. I don't. I don't have a lot of super high net worth people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until you guys make it big. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're getting right, there. Right, we're right. There. Yeah, we're working one, on it. If one yeah. person donates to our Patreon, that's the first <laughs> step. Yeah. That's we'll, right. It still we'll exists, contact you immediately for starting. <laughs> I need a trust. <laughs> we got a $5 donation. Get that trust going now. Get that offshore bank account going. In action. <laughs> nice. Uh, 
So yeah, uh, have you? So let's see the law. The law. (laughs) (laughs) I I kind of wanted to just talk about like higher level, not higher level, because this was very high level. Yeah, this was high. Uh, Yeah, right. Like maybe just broader in broader terms. Like why do why do why are laws in place anyway? Mm. You know, you you were talking about how before in the 17th century you know lawyers would just speak you know using rhetoric and using their powers of persuasion and they wouldn't even reference the law but why do we need laws where do they come from well now do they serve really is there justice yeah why is the government holding us down i think is what is it to (laughs) serve is this a sovereign citizen podcast (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, now now we're getting into the order aspect of law and order. Oh, nice. nice. Uh, we're going to have to God. hold that then for the next <laughs> No one ever. Should we take a quick break yeah, before we get time for a break? Yeah, break yeah. time. What are we taking a break for? We always take breaks uh, yeah. now. Okay. It's yeah. a big just it's a big part of the pod actually. <laughs> yeah. It's it's part of our internal laws. Yeah. yeah this yeah, is right. the yeah, order yeah. part of our law. Yeah, right. At approximately 30 minutes. We must take it right, for break. break. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye. Be right back. Bye. Here it comes. Meow, 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 meow. We're back. We're back for more law you- and perhaps a bit of order. Mm-hmm. With our we were friend of the pod, Andrew. Friend of the pod, Andrew Pace. Yep. Best doctor lawyer in Buffalo. Yeah. Well, the reason I said doctor of law when we first were talking about it beca- was because technically. Well, it's true. A jurist doctorate, <laughs> right? correct? The degree you call, get is called a jurist doctorate. Whether that makes you a doctor, mm. I, that sounds a little pretentious. I, sounds silly. For well, sure. Tom's all about pretension, but, so let's just go with it. Right, yeah. Dr. McManus? <laughs> Tom likes <laughs> That's it. That's right. Yeah, Tom I like is it. oozing pretension. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm about that. Just You got to own it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Pwn it. But it is, it is philosophy of law is known as jurisprudence. That so is that's correct. Something. That is correct. Yeah. Normative yeah. jurisprudence asks, what should law be? What are we, Boy, really thoughts on that? Grilling me now. Wait, can we can we jump back? Just, I'm just, just on the Wikipedia like, uh, <laughs> of back, law. Back uh, to like the you know tabloid version of these questions. What you personally can you tell us what drew you to law? In case some of our listeners are interested, I don't have a very interesting origin story here. My my dad was a lawyer. I graduated from college, and I knew a lot of lawyers. My dad practiced, obviously, and I mm. sort of went into law school just as a, I felt like a natural transition to me. Mm, nice. That's, that's about as sexy as the story. <laughs> so I got a question for you. I've heard a good friend of mine has described it as like law school is an option for smart people who aren't sure what to do. Does that resonate mm-hmm. at all? Yeah. I, I wasn't one of the smart people at law school, but I was right. surrounded by a lot of really smart people who mm. just didn't know what they wanted to do exactly. And that's, yeah, that's not a great career and financial decision. Right, I mean, you, <laughs> law schools, even cheap law schools like the one I went to, uh, very expensive, and yeah. it's a huge opportunity cost. You're going for three years when you're going to be missing out on building your career. 
uh, and you're going to be sitting in a classroom in a library. So mm-hmm. um, do not go to law school lightly. You do not want to graduate law school with a lot of debt and then say, eh, I'm not really sure I want to do this. Right. Yeah. Right. That's kind of why I went to grad school. Actually, I was like, I don't know what I what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about like you kind of hinted at it earlier, but these market dynamics of certain like associate level work is being automated through AI or whatever. Is that machine learning? Yeah. I mean, are you, if someone came to you and said, I, I think I want to be a lawyer, I'm going to finish college next year. Like gut reaction thoughts. I What's the pulse? get asked that question a lot going. by undergraduate kids who are thinking about what to do. And I typically say to them this one, if you can get law school, paid for. So if you mm. bust your butt and get a scholarship, go. Because mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. still a valuable degree if you don't graduate yep. with debt. You can do a lot of things out of law school if you're not saddled with debt. Number mm-hmm. two, I say, if you can't get it paid for, make sure you have a job lined up before you go. So intern oh. at a law firm or mm-hmm. know exactly what you want to do. If you want to be a district attorney's office, make sure you have a degree in criminology or whatever it is intern at the da's office get to know people there and make sure you're going to walk out of law school with a job so okay a get it paid for or b have a guaranteed job otherwise think really 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 hard if you want to make that investment Mm. what are good options if you finish the degree and don't want to go into law like my former manager director of marketing at our company he was an attorney but obviously wasn't you know, he felt like it prepared him well to do business things, even though he wasn't technically practicing law. Do mm-hmm. you see that ever? Thoughts on that? I do. And a lot of law school graduates end up working quasi-legal jobs. They'll end up working a lot in what's called compliance. So they may mm-hmm. work for a big bank or a big uh, health insurance company, and they'll just pour over. shout out. <laughs> Is that your employer? <laughs> That's our no. unofficial sponsor. That's your sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't given us any money, but we're working on it. <laughs> it's the Sorry. groundwork, yeah. yeah. So they'll end up working at what I would consider to be fairly tedious jobs. I don't mean to disparage them. Some people are really good at that. Mm. And they like doing it, but mm. just mm. pouring over regulations and rules all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe not acting as counsel to the company, but working with other people inside of that company and that department and saying, hey... If we make this decision, we have to be prepared to deal with these regulations. So a lot of right. law school graduates do that. All right, last mm. last question, then I'll stop peppering you with career related things. It's Where's the top money? Yeah. Where's like the big money job? Where's your now? money? Yeah, how much money do you make? Just tell us. No. <laughs> I, I uh, need to trust. Like, what how the, much money is in your the, wallet right now? <laughs> what's the dream, you know, job if I go to Harvard or Yale or wherever and I'm like the mm. the world is my oyster? Where do I get the money at? You graduate yeah. from Harvard, top at your class. What do you want to do, essentially? Uh, yeah. yeah. What, this may sound depressing to you guys, but what a lot of people from big time fancy law schools do is they become associates at large international law firms. And they make very good money. They're like investment bankers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get paid a very mm-hmm. high salary. They more importantly, end up meeting and networking with mm. people in big the up, with big wigs, with people in the upper echelons mm-hmm. of uh, the business or the political world. And 
it, it's not um what's the word it's not uh, you're not working at a uh how do I say this? Like a social media company where you're sort of hanging out and playing ping pong and doing fun stuff. You're yeah. literally sitting in a room grinding out work day to day, but you get paid a lot of money and you're going to meet a yeah, lot of right. people. And typically, if you can do that for, say, 10 years, you may have mm-hmm. very interesting opportunities where you may be able to go work in-house at a larger company. And you probably you- get, have some like high-profile like experiences and... Sure. and, and- Sure. You, know, you might have appeared you on a couple of famous pods. Sure. Saying, mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you might also end up, if you work at the firm long enough, you may say, hey, you know what? I'm really into technology or I'm really into telecommunications. I, I want to work with these clients. Yeah. And it's a great way of really getting into those industries and meeting mm-hmm. the right people. Or you might say, I'm really into politics and I want to yeah. work in mm-hmm. Washington, D.C. today. I want to, say, make a difference. So you can use mm-hmm. the weight of the firm to like make that work in, in your favor? You, you, you're typically at a firm that's so large that they have their tentacles in everything. They may yeah. have a, a lobbying arm of the firm that works in Washington, D.C. or at the state capitol. Mm-hmm. Right. Or they typically mm-hmm. have clients in the technology industry or in the entertainment industry. And you mm-hmm. can parlay your legal career because essentially you just become an expert of that industry. And you can end up going and working in a field that, say, you're more passionate about if, A, you can do really well in school. Right. Uh, B, sure. graduate at the top of your class. And sure. C, convince these other very smart, very, dare I say, psychotically hardworking people that you'd be a good fit at their firm. But that, that's, the, that's a very stereotypical, right. big-time right. uh, career decision that people make at those schools. A lot of people may go to a really fancy school like that because... They have aspirations, say, to be in politics. I mean, maybe they'll mm-hmm. end up, let's think, or, or, or they want to be in academia. Shout out Barack Obama. Ever heard of him? Right. So Obama, I, I think Obama. <laughs> I have. I, I think if I'm I getting this correct. <laughs> I think he you. worked, he went to like Harvard or Columbia, nice. and then he worked uh, yeah. for a big law firm, I think, for like two years. And then yep. he started working for a grassroots organization. So that's not uncommon, too. Um, what, what do you think is the like hot, like take of not, maybe not hot take, but like the, what's, what's the like hottest take, what, what's <laughs> fresh in law right now? Like what is like, uh, hot. Mm. I practice in such an old fashioned stodgy area of law. But like, is it like environmental law? Is it like AI, AI law? Yeah. yeah. Like, is there, is there something that's like you know going to be the next like big case that's like going to change how law is a tricky thing because it's you you can just say technology like technology is really hot or this technology or ai is changing so fast and then the lawyers are kind of like the barnacles attached to that who are figuring out well how does this fit under our existing laws and how are the laws going to change to try to either adapt to or conform to this technology or how is it going to try to restrict it you know so right. amazon say might spend hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars lobbying congress people not to call them a monopoly right right so i i think monopoly law is a really big one right or what they call antitrust law oh because bringing it back to trust now, this is oh. a, little, a little different this yeah, is yeah. a little different shout out trust again <laughs> Yeah. A- antitrust Adam. law, which were laws passed, <laughs> I, I, 
I know so little about this area of law, but I think they were passed after the Great Depression or perhaps right before the Great Depression when uh, companies like the Rockefellers were getting just too big and they were dominating the entire economy and making it really inefficient. And the government said, look, there is a certain point where you are too big and it's right. having a, ne- a drag on the economy. So mm-hmm. if you see these technology companies, sometimes what they call the fangs, the Facebook, Apple, Google, and I don't know if there's an S on there, but these, NVIDIA. Co- <laughs> these companies are so massive that... Wait, just add the N in there. By a lot of Why definitions... <laughs> what does fang stand for? What is the N? Oh, Net- Netflix, I think, is the other oh, one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're, they're so big that a lot of people are... And they have so much control. I mean, Google... Think about how powerful... Google literally controls the information millions and millions of people see every day. Yeah, yeah it's on my phone. So believe me, they have the top... <laughs> Shout out your phone. <laughs> they have the top law firms them- and lobbying agencies on retainer constantly working to prevent the antitrust regulators, the Treasury Department, from coming after them and saying, look, you guys got to break up. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been talked about Facebook in particular right. for almost a decade now. Right. They're having like this billion dollar battle with with uh, the IRS or something right now. And yet we can't uh, even get can- a Facebook page for the public. <laughs> Riddle me that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Come but on, maybe if Facebook was splintered and broken up, you guys would have a little bit more sway, dare yeah, I say. I think it should be. No, I don't know. Um, so on a big mac- <laughs> macro level, <laughs> that, that's sort of an intersection of big technology, big societal issue, and the law. Yeah. So and would you I say that it, I thought it might law be environmental money, law. basically? <sighs> Boy. What was your question? What follows money? Law, law. follows money. Because to so your point, it sounds money. like we're kind of, you know. Well, put, put it this way. Where there's money, there's going to be law. Because where mm-hmm. there's money, there's going to be people interacting. Oh, that's a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Tom loves but, t-shirts. We'll accept it. I do love t-shirts. I mean, we can tap into our inner social justice here, too. There's lots of lawyers who defend poor people. Yeah. And try to advocate for people who don't have access to courts and justice, advocate for prisoners. If we uh, got you a t shirt that said, Where there's money, there's law, would you wear it? Sure. I'd come back on the pod. <laughs> yes. oh, nice. nice. Um, um That's good. That's a good t shirt. I thought it might be environmental law because we're gonna we're you know, there's all this political politically, you know, envir- environmental mm-hmm. environmentalism and, and and just in general it's like kind of permeating everything. There's been a lot of what uh, they call socially conscious yeah, lawfare, which is not-for-profits or organizations of people suing, say, uh, ExxonMobil, right. saying, you know, we are aggrieved mm-hmm. parties in this case because you are literally committing climate change and it's affecting us. Yeah. And those have met with a lot of resistance from the courts. You have to have mm-hmm. more stable standing and the courts don't really get into resolving issues, or at least they shouldn't get into resolving issues of scientific fact, say. But that's going to become maybe not law in the sense of lawyers, but certainly legislatively, Mm -hmm. you can anticipate that we're probably going to start mimicking more uh, Northern European countries who are doing a lot of uh, more restrictions on uh, what can be produced and the environmental effects of those are. Well, you guys like all the hot topics, don't you? Well, that actually brings me to uh, kind of a quote I brought uh, that I was like thinking about with law, like in like rights, you know, your own rights. And I, I, I think my dad told me this quote a long time ago, but I had to look it up again. 
your right to swing your arm ends just where the other man's nose begins. I uh, just mm-hmm. like that quote because mm-hmm. you kind of have, you know, you can do what you, you want to do as long as it doesn't impact my ability to live how I want to live without, you know, your factories polluting my lungs, for instance. Or That seems like a very libertarian quote. My view is keep your lungs off my property, Tom. <laughs> so this is the sovereign citizen podcast yeah, yeah. stop breathing my damn air <laughs> yeah what are you Boy. doing with my pollution in your lungs god damn it <laughs> i got the right just i just like i like <laughs> to pollute i like my that quote damn air it although is, i think uh, that quote was from someone from uh who was for prohibition but still they had a good quote yeah a big issue that's coming up in these environmental cases is the concept of standing uh, who has a right to go to court? You have to actually show a court that you've been damaged, that you've been aggrieved somehow. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of novel legal theories coming out that with climate change, uh, anyone essentially can go to court and sue ExxonMobil. But like I right. said, courts are very slow to progress on these things for a lot of different mm-hmm. reasons. Mm-hmm. And we'll just have to wait and see. I, I, I don't think it change is going to come through the courts, put it that way. It's going to have to come legislatively. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Go out and vote, guys. That's your so, opportunity to change this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, can we touch on just like what we were going to um, get into before the break? You were talking about that's more of the order aspect of law. Like why do they exist? What What is common law? Serve? Can you tell us what that is? Origin of laws. Wait, yeah. You guys are going to force me to pontificate. I didn't know this podcast was so philosophical. Well, I mean, we can get as you can get as deep as you want to. And you can, as yeah, I mean, also hard pass on that. Yeah. yeah. You can just make some more of a up. loose one than a fact-based one. I, I mean, I could riff on this. Let's uh, riff. Riff, riff. Riff City. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, laws. Tell us what you really think. Yeah. <laughs> off the record, but we're totally. Yeah, off the record, record, but on the pod. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But laws are rules. We all have to follow the rules. Right. And they're rules yeah. based on our social contract. We say uh, we as citizens will submit to these rules and in exchange, hopefully, we'll receive some sort of benefit. Mm we will not speed we will we won't break that rule and in exchange mm-hmm. hopefully we won't get killed in a car accident or we help, we'll have some order on the roads mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i mean it's also in a lot of ways particularly at the higher level it's something of a gentleman's agreement i mean why do you follow laws you follow law essentially because there's someone much more powerful than you that has the authority to drag you to a jail cell Right. And that may f- yeah. that may feel for people like us living in the United States of America that may feel obvious, but for people who live, say, in Libya right now or some war torn place, the law might feel like whoever's the biggest gang in town right now. Right. Um, so we. It's a subjective thing, depending on where you are. For it's sure. very subjective. It constantly changes, but the real purpose, let's say, in a a market economy, a capitalist economy like ours, is that not merely the the silly examples about roaming Mad Max gangs, mm-hmm. but also it, it's based a lot on predictability and market efficiency. We we want not just big businesses, but 
small podcasters to be able to say, hey, look, if we make a dollar, what is what are the rules? What mm-hmm. do we have to do with this? Mm-hmm. So right. we're not left guessing <clears throat> constantly. And yeah, the laws can be complicated, but at their best, they're supposed to be predictable. So everybody knows the ground rules and we can start mm-hmm. playing by it. Now, you may think the ground rules aren't fair and you'd have to then speak to your legislator and say, hey, I, I don't think this rule is fair. But at least they give some sort of predictability so we can interact commercially. Mm. Good you know, I'm really pontificating wow. now. Good answer. Love it. No, this is well, this is Andrew at his want. best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, some people live by like the rules are made to be broken thing. I feel like, um, it, it's just like growing up. You know, when you're when you hear about like breaking, you got to go. To, yeah. Like right. that's like the scary thing yeah. that you don't want to do. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I did I break the? What if I break the law? You know. Mm-hmm. It, Mm-hmm. And it's just um, we're sort of like we learn at an early age that it's like follow the rules, follow the yeah. rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Or pay but the price. I think I think in in many cases, uh, you know, it's not follow the rules. It's use the rules to your advantage. <laughs> Ooh, you know. Ooh. Wow, <laughs> twist. Like, twist. If you're smart, that was a twist, right? Like Shyamalan. Yeah, which. Which which may segue into the rules only apply to some people, mm-hmm. which is really where the concept of law and more importantly justice comes in. I mean, there is right. a sense that if somebody like me or you did what Harvey Weinstein did, we would be in jail already and would have been. Right. And yeah. that's a silly sort of pop culture example. Matt has a but- hot take on that. <laughs> <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> no, I don't actually. <laughs> cold take. Yeah, it's a cold take. Sorry. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to defend Harvey, go off, man. No, I'm not going to defend that scum. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a sense but, of like. No, that's a good point. Of lack it's of like, justice. Who, yeah. Like I'm no, thinking right, of like yeah, on yeah, a lesser a really degree, good point. like this whole college cheating scandal thing, right? Like all these wealthy families. You know, it was this yeah, sense right. of like. I feel like it was just taken for granted. I realize they're working through the process now, but like, oh, I think if you asked people when that was un- unfolding, people would have assumed there's no way they're getting any jail time, right? Because it's mm-hmm. wealthy people doing things to continue to propagate their own family's wealth and, and, and advantage in society will ultimately, that won't have any consequences. And so to the extent that that's a widely held belief, I think it, it leads to the sort of decaying or erosion of social structure, right? If we eventually, mm-hmm. if at some point you think- Yeah, that's social buy-in. Yeah, if you think there's no justice, then to to the extent that- Then what's the point of- Following having, any of the rules, yeah. Having the rules right, right. that are supposed to right. provide justice or bring right. justice. Right, or, right. Or cl- clear the path to justice. Yeah, I agree. Right, there's like there's in there's unjust laws maybe, but there's also yeah to this point there's unjust like Enforcement. application yeah. of the yeah, law for sure, absolutely, absolutely, and that's if our laws are not followed e- evenly over our entire society, then they seem unjust, and if mm-hmm. they're unjust, then um, what can I say? People may stop following the law, and that gentleman's agreement may be broken, and society may completely collapse. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> another another twist on this is But the pod will still the, be the pod here. Will be fine. So. Don't worry guys, we'll keep the pod going. You know, even if we I move just, into a lawless society. <laughs> speaking of lawless society, I um I watched Blade Runner for the first time 
Oh, have you guys ever seen movie. that movie? The new one or the old it's one? A, uh, the old one, but like remastered or something. Yeah, they like haven't seen excellent movie. Either. And I've seen them both. They're great. It's just it. I felt like I kind of had like a unique perspective because I'd never seen it at all, and then watching it for the first time. It's supposed to take place in 2019. Oh, really? And oh wow! It's like Shout these flying cars. Then. It's super dark. Shout and out like to 2019. Post apocalyptic, and it's like. It was like, wow, they really got it wrong about 2019. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. Like, it's, it's far off. Yeah, um, and like there are these like sci- there are these like you know AI machines that basically are humans, you know, in in yeah. any respect. Like they they're well beyond the uh, what's that test? The uh, the Turing test. The Turing test. Like the Rorschach yeah, you know, test. You, there's like that's the uh, that's the, the Overton other big window one, test. Yeah. <laughs> that's the third one too yeah um and yeah the, the i just Watson thought that was hilarious test. how how off and how wrong they so got. are you being sarcastic well, i haven't seen it because it sounds like we do live in a disutopian sort of ai driven society well, i guess some people might feel that way uh things things seem pretty good right now oh okay wait wow. uh, i have a question totally separate from uh the movie reference that you brought in there why is lady justice blind why is she blindfolded it's the, because she's the supposed reason? to apply the law evenly to everyone, oh. no matter who. She's not even supposed to know who the parties are. Mm. If you break the law, no matter if you're rich, poor, no matter mm. what color you are, where you came from, what your religion is, the law is supposed to be applied evenly. Also, if you follow oh, the okay. law. I feel like I've seen some <laughs> satirical like cartoons where she's peeking. Right, yeah, right. very much so. Mm, like yeah. you're a wealthy family from Southern California, the law. I just peeked. Okay, the law doesn't apply. <laughs> Exactly. Cover <laughs> that's what that, that peak comes in. Yeah. Yeah, right. Full stop. Um, wow. An interesting idea that came up like when I was getting my uh, master's in applied economics is we had one of my favorite professors was a kind of a sort of a dual appointment in econ and law because there's so much over- intersection between, you know, law and economics and um, took a course on on welfare economics which is sort of like the measurement of social welfare and sort of the question of should economics stray into this normative area versus just being sort of objectively talking about what is going on in the economy and one of the interesting ideas that came up was this sort of related to the coast theorem and things like that is the importance of norms so even in the absence of laws there's a lot of norms that we would follow. So for example, even at this point, even if it wasn't the law that you have to drive on the right side of the street, most people mm-hmm. would, right? right? Because there's norms. So there's this interesting sense of what we would do even in the absence of laws because it's just to your point earlier, it's how we function. It's, it's inefficient if everyone drives in their own way, right? So mm-hmm. we're all better off. We're all self-served to do it one way, um, mm-hmm. at least in some sense. And so- Thoughts on that? Right. If, even if we didn't have a legislature, mm-hmm. we would still have laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we would all just be following these things that make our lives better. Mm-hmm. We, would, we would be following rules even if they weren't written down. And right. that's how societies and civilizations existed for thousands of years. It's, they didn't necessarily have to write it down. Everybody just knew it. Right. right and right. and there's, right, if right. someone broke those laws, they had some sort of process for justice. Now, mm-hmm. justice might mean you get hit over the head with a rock. Mm-hmm. but they had mm-hmm. some ways of of dealing with disputes between people and dealing with people who broke the rules. Mm-hmm. So you can call it a rule, you can call it a law, you yeah. can call it a social norm. Yeah. Well, you could you could argue that, you know, laws are just inherent even in our biology 
you know, Darwinism, but you know, is sort of like a law that governs natu- that governs how species evolve. The law of um, gravity. Heard that one. The right, yeah, and then yeah, there's, that there's the laws of physics, which govern you know our physical world and beyond. Uh, it's it's inherent to our our nature mm-hmm. uh, to live within laws. So it it makes sense that we would create them to govern our um our evolution as as like what a, as cultural beings. What about like the law mm-hmm. that a magician never reveals how they do their trick? <laughs> <laughs> where does that rank yeah as far as i think that's that might be written guidelines. on the code of that might be Would written on the code of that right, right around bird law <laughs> <laughs> shout out always sunny am i right mm-hmm. um <laughs> my college friend calls me a bird law attorney he assumes i do bird law attorney <laughs> oh, man. what is bird law uh, what is that? Have you ever seen know. Always Sunny in Philadelphia? There's no such thing. There's no such thing. I, I have. I've seen that a uh, couple episodes. That's yeah. what that bird yeah. law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my one of my favorite. Uh, so I took a uh, like a law class in college. Shout out college. One of, uh, the, I'm pretty Stack sure the that only debt, baby. <laughs> hashtag college. <laughs> Stack that debt. <laughs> hashtag six percent compounding interest, baby. Six point two five actually. <laughs> oh yo, you got a good one. Got a good high one. <laughs> so <laughs> my favorite term that i learned there was fiduciary mm. i love that one a fiduciary, fiduciary is a great relationship word. yeah uh, fiduciary andrew and i have a fiduciary relationship in many ways meaning <laughs> no i i don't think i would sacrifice my own interests to do something that was specifically in your interests not unless you appointed me to do so legally yeah, no? a fiduciary stands in your shoes and does things as if they were you, pretty much. They do what is in your best interest, not what is in their best interest. That is a it's good a funny word, sounding word. Nice. Yeah, it's a good word. It's got douche in it. So if you, get, if you have, uh, you guys might be familiar, your grandma may have a power of attorney mm-hmm. that names you as her agent. She's the principal. You're the agent. You're a fiduciary. You have to do what is in her best interest, not necessarily yours. Right. The trustee of your trust. Is a fiduciary. Oh yeah, it comes from the Latin to trust, fidere. Yeah, to trust. So then, in that situation, the grandson couldn't hire the lawyer to do something that was against the best interest of the grandmother. That would be he'd, that he. Would be he would say, "I can't help you because I have a fiduciary responsibility to your grandmother." Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And th- there was a recently. I'm really speaking out of turn here because I don't know much about this, but there was a, a significant change in the financial industry where. Clients are being sold products that if they lost money, the company might still make money. And a big change that happened in the financial industry was that they they are now, these financial advisors or whoever they are, considered fiduciaries. They are legally bound to do what is in the best interest of their client, or at least disclose that the amount of risk. So that was a, there was a lot of concern in the financial industry that that may expose these advisors to potentially litigious clients who say hey what the heck i lost money you're my fiduciary yeah do you think america is more litigious than other cultures broadly speaking or we're too readily moved to to litigation versus other means i good question i i think so and i'm good question eddie good question of the week 
big brain. <laughs> but it, he's it, the brains of this operation. It's a complicated question, though, because mm-hmm. it also goes back to your your concept of social norms. Mm. I, I mean, America is a more litigious place because we have a tremendously stable legal system that's mm. accessible to a lot of people. Interesting and. There's a tremendous amount of money here. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot at stake, and people are tr- transacting commercially a lot. And people don't like how other people do business, so they sue each other. So, yeah, we're, we're and we're, this is, I don't want this to be too controversial, but we're a, a massive, rich, diverse, pluralistic country. We're not some like little, tiny, homogenous country where maybe they have more social norms that step into place or mm-hmm. more predictability. Right, we're, we're based on a free market economy right. and, and capitalism where, you know, if you have an idea, you can grow that into an enterprise or a business and you can, and that, that produces a lot of, like, complicated relationships Correct. with other people and you, you know, you need protection and also, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of contracting. In the United States right, of America, right, people yeah. are constantly entering into these contracts, which are these legal agreements. Which and I love. Just because of the volume of the contracting that goes on <laughs> in this country, there's a correlating volume of disputes. Matt loves contracts. I just Always love. Have. I just love. Always. I have. love the the. I mean, and I feel like we're probably pretty lucky to live in a place where, like. You could like, like you and I could like sit down today and be like, hey, you know what? Let's make a little deal here. Uh, I'm going to go out and I have this idea and like, you want to get into it? Like, you can give me a little bit of money and mm-hmm. I'll, maybe I'll give you like, if things go well, you'll get this much. And we draft up this contract and like, we could just like enter into some sort of agreement mm-hmm. pretty easily and pretty quickly. And we can get like the ball rolling on something that could turn into something huge at any given time and it, it, it could all it starts with is like a conversation like you could be sitting next to somebody at a bar and like you know strike up something that turns into a business or a, a so you business. like contracts because of the the potential of because you're a money grubbing neocon it's it's an, <laughs> it's an optimistic view of of capitalism i guess told you, know, you. It, told yeah. you everything's about money from that but but if if we didn't capitalist pig over if we didn't have such a if we didn't live in in such a world like you know um i don't know it it, it, in many ways it um well i feel like props up the dreamers in some sense yeah you know it's that's the american that's part of the american dream i think right contract law or (laughs) (laughs) specifically a white picket fence, a two-car garage, and contract law. That's all anyone ever wanted here. <laughs> well, yeah. Matt brings it back one more time to order. Mm. Yeah. So the fact that we have this market economy yeah. and these courts that provide... I mean, why are you entering into a contract with something? Because you expect them to uphold their end of the bargain. And you know that you live in a country where if they don't, you have some remedy. Right. You can take them to yeah. hire a lawyer I'm backed and by a court. system that would, you know in the right circumstances support right has the force of law yeah right yeah that's true yeah Andrew do you have uh, favorite legalese or legalese (laughs) legalese legalese I was just looking up one what are you different like uh, it's like jargon in in legal legal jargon uh, here in limine our listeners love jargon emotion in limine yeah I, I do I'm such a poser 
I, I like all the Latin in law, although I know nothing about Latin, mm-hmm. never studied Latin. But I do think it's cool that we still use. Yeah, the Latin ones are kind of cool. Kinda Hit cool. us with some good Latin ones. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So you did in lemine. There's yep. ex parte, where that's when one party speaks with a judge outside of the presence of another party. It's typically not allowed. So would you say I invoke that. ex parte in in like <laughs> well you can courtroom. you can. Make- That's what it feels like with the lead in terms. You're just like, I invoke it. Matt, yeah. Matt's yeah. getting ready for the next time he's in court on a speeding ticket. And he's going to figure out which one of these he needs to invoke. <laughs> he's going to say, affidavit. Yeah. Just going to start speaking Latin. Latin. Yeah. Uh, like it's some, like, it, like, you know, in, incantation. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, invoke it, I know only the really like- basic one. Like de novo, a trial. De novo means you're starting over. Mm. Oh. Um, That's a good mm. one. Let's see. De, bon- de bonus esporatus. Uh, you know that one? Stumped me on that one. I don't know that one. Carrying goods away. I think that's larceny that was mm. taking place in addition to any other crime named. Wow. Hmm. So trespass de bonus esporatus. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed not going to work here anymore. Nailed it. Big time. <laughs> There's a lot. Like de facto is, is Latin. Mm. De facto. De facto is a good one. That's yeah. a good Latin word. I think per se. Is that a Latin phrase? Per se. Pro- Pig Latin. Oh, yeah, I think probably it's is. Latin, perhaps. Ergo is. Saper. That's not necessarily a legal term, but yeah, what ergo about Argo? is. Argo, right. Shout out Ben <laughs> oh, Affleck, uh, am I right? Actually, the just J U S is law, so like when you get a soup aju, you're getting it with a little bit of law. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be right. Oju, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that like the meat sauce that comes with, like a, with sauce. a roast beef sandwich? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you ever Aju invoke Oju? <laughs> <laughs> I need sauce. Yeah. I invoke, we take a sauce break. Oh, <laughs> Ten nice. minutes. Nice. What's, what's the word when someone represents themselves? That's a Latin phrase. Uh, they're appearing. Uh, mano y mano is not there. right, but that is probably Latin. Yeah. I forgot what that, that phrase is. When a client represents themselves. It's called a mistake. <laughs> oh, that's well, our, guardian guardian med litem. That's not it. Are duels that's technically still allowed, Andrew? <laughs> if I wanted to challenge someone to a duel to settle uh, some sort of disagreement, uh, if you get far enough into the wilderness, sure. Okay, far away from the authorities, certainly. <laughs> if a duel happens in in the now, woods, it, it and no wouldn't one be a it. legally enforceable contract. You couldn't go to court and say, "I challenge this man to a duel." He, he accepted. <laughs> And we I signed a contract. I demand yeah. that this court enforce In my sauce. contract. Right. That would be you can't contract for something that's illegal or fraudulent or oh, unconscionable. Interesting. Good fact. Yeah, so there are, there's a lot of restrictions on contracts. Yeah. Pivoting. You can only contract for certain things. Yeah. Oh, this one's cool. Just solely, which is right of soil, social law <laughs> concept wherein citizenship of a nation is determined by place of birth. I declare right that's, of soil. That's got to be that's kind of a hot topic now in the US, right? Right of soil. Well, well right. Yeah, Whether or not children if of you're illegal born immigrants in America, should yeah. be granted citizenship automatically. Oh, yes, yes. Mm. Right. Uh, or I guess of any legal or illegal immigrant, if you're born here, granted citizenship. Stay, staying out of this. One. Yeah, yeah, what about... what about sign an NDA. What about... So. I'm, uh, staying, I'm staying out of policy. You I'm just, I'm just policy. commenting that it's controversial, not, not, not making a stand. Um because we are mm-hmm. sovereign citizens in our own pod state, so we don't <laughs> listen to any law. So it makes no difference. Do you to even me. have the right <laughs> we, we, to stand, Eddie? In the land of wild anyway. conjecture, you know, 
I don't know. Oh yeah, per se is, yeah. is what about good. what about just pivoting back to some lighter content for the folks? Best law related movie in your opinion, in your legal opinion. My cousin Vinny. Yeah, my cousin is not even close. Oh wow. Yeah, it's nice. definitely my cousin. Wow. Vinny. You guys both went to that fast. Wow. <laughs> Best legal law. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's the first movie. thing you have to do when you go to law school. I thought it might be Liar Liar with Jim Carrey. You take a whole course on my cousin Vinny. I thought it would be the one about like you can't handle the truth, whatever that movie was. Isn't that the quintessential? Oh, yeah. A few good men. Yeah. A few good men. But that that's a very limited area of law. That's that's military law. Okay. Which... I actually I really like law movies. They certainly they certainly um prop up the romanticized yeah. version of law. What about the yeah. judge with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall? <laughs> what about Judge Dredd? Oh, I never saw that movie. Hmm. I never saw that movie. Hmm. Judge Dredd. Oh, Judge Dredd. Judge he's the... Dredd. I am the he's, law. <laughs> he is the law, right. If, so, if someone judge, broke the law... Judge, jury, and executioner. If someone broke the law and the only person really affected by it was one person, one other person, and they agreed, like... You know, I'm not gonna do anything mm-hmm. about this. Isn't that really common? Like Could when people don't press charges, like you assaulted me, but I don't press charges. Isn't that like right? Yeah, like you still broke the law. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna speak loosely about this because I don't do a lot of criminal law. But okay. no, uh, when you violate the law, it's not about necessarily violating another individual. Mm-hmm. It's about violating the law itself, the people. So you'll see in a criminal defense case, it'll be. Matt, the the people of the state of New York versus Matt script. Right now, Come on, don't put me. In then that. you know you're in a bad you're in a bad spot right. when that happens. I'm with. When the you hear that here. phrase, you know you've made some serious mistakes. Uh, a speedy a speedy ticket is, is a good example. Of this no, no one was actually hurt by what happened. But yeah. You were just speeding, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or there could be some other self dealing involved. Maybe you didn't pay your taxes and. You could get but very, you do hear of this, you know. But they didn't press charges thing. Well, when it comes to yeah, laws civil that, disputes. No, or, we're, no, we're still in the criminal realm. Mm-hmm. Criminal realm. Yes. Something, say, like an assault, yeah. and let's say no one else witnessed it, mm-hmm. but you went, you were flustered and upset, and you went to the police, and you say, "Matt Script punched me in the face." So well, they would press charges against well, you. Okay, verbal assault. Well, we'll say. Let's stay with our hypothetical. You punch yeah, me yeah. in the face. I run to the cops. The cops press charges. They haul you in front of a judge and tell you you're accused of a crime. But then when the trial comes. I never show up, or yeah. I don't testify, or I refuse to testify. Well, they don't; they can't prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you did this. Then, right? So, mm. so that's yeah, what they would... mean by press charges. Loosely, yeah, pr- loosely, loosely, loosely. We and press charges keep things means... loose here. It's fine. I think it means two things yeah, really. Soup. One is, isn't it a basketball term? That's, that's the third. Full, full, that's a full court press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to full it court press gonna... you for punching me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, I'm going to go to the not police gonna, station. Not going to press charges, but I am going to bench press 180 pounds over my head. <laughs> law of the law of the muscle. Might law over mind over Matt. What is that phrase? The mind over the mind of, might or whatever. Mind over Matt. Ooh. Mind over matter. Matt, hey. Mind over Matt. That sounds like a terrible hey. TV show. We should start that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you. Do all you guys t-shirts. know any like? Crazy law or like laws that just don't really make a lot of sense. Oh. We like lists here on on uh, on. Well, Jake well that was on the back of like a cereal here. box. Nope. There's a great Twitter account. I think it's called a felony every day. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have to check it out. Adam, Adam, it's either a Twitter account or a book. But 
<laughs> perhaps for us millennials is indistinguishable. Yeah. But it 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 essentially points out all these ridiculous federal laws uh, that we would never think were on the books. Like it's it's a against the law to take out a certain size fish if it's considered a stream and not a pond. There's all these little things that you would never mm-hmm. think are actually. Right. Actually, in Alabama, you may not impersonate a member of the clergy. Mm. You could you could result in actual jail time or a fine of up to five hundred dollars. That might be an interesting free speech case. Like, in Arizona, if you want to feed garbage to a pig, you'll need a permit. It's a good rule. I, there was one reasonable. where it was like, like that in North reasonable. Carolina, you can't like drive a yellow car on Sundays or something. Like, there's That's just a classic like, one. Well, here in New, well, in, in New York, we had a change. I don't know if this is New York statewide or just our county. You couldn't serve alcohol before noon on a Sunday. Very old-fashioned right. law that, oh, that yeah. recently changed, that I was think, in, just last year. Up Ohio, until like, like a year or two ago, you couldn't sell alcohol in Minnesota on Sunday at all. Really? You, wow. At a liquor store. You could sell it at a bar or a restaurant, but they haven't. That was relaxed funny like you a year say ago, that or two years ago. Because maybe. when I was a caddy, uh, um, like I was caddying for this guy and it was like, you know, wealthy people at this country club. Shout out. And got those trusts going. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, yeah, we, you know, we can't, we can't drink till noon today. So like, you know, we're gonna have to figure something else out or, or something. And he was like, oh, it's some blue collar law. And it said something like that. And then I had no idea what he was really talking. I thought that was like a legit statement that he made. Is that you when know, you fell wasn't... in love with contract law? <laughs> No, but I ended up regurgitating that like to someone. Else. I was like, "Yeah, I don't know. It's some like blue collar law that uh, they." And they were like so offended because they were like probably a blue collar person, yeah, or something. And I don't know. Whoa! So you've been uh, you've been odd... about class warfare for years, is what you're saying? It's been that's, on the front line. That's been your whole thing, class warfare. You're talking to Matt, right? Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. Me? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm um <laughs> who me? Oh yeah. <laughs> You're all about becoming one of the elite and then just waging war against the other classes. That's your whole thing. I just like to mix it up. Yeah, that's fine. I want to be I'm I'm going to be what's it a wolf in sheep's clothing? You're one of those like there there's data that shows like many many people estimate that they're higher up the economic food chain than they actually are. So they like survey people and say where do you think you are? Like that's you. Right. You think you're uber yeah. wealthy and you're like taking yeah. shots at the middle class and you don't realize that. Well, it was, I'm actually it was a Steinbeck. sheep in wolf's clothing. What, what did Steinbeck said? He said that <laughs> uh, Americans are all uh, just temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Nice. Mm-hmm. Speaking of laws on Sunday, there's an odd law in Ohio. Uh, it's, I'm on lawwritercodes.ohio.gov. So this is legit. Oh, nice. This is effective 10 We don't get into 10, too many that's true. 10 1 That's when this is effective. No person shall be arrested during a sitting of the Senate or House of Representatives within the hall where such session is being held or any court of justice during the sitting of such court or on Sunday or on the 4th, of, uh, 4th day of July. You can't get arrested on Sunday or 4th, of, apparently. Hmm. Sunday or the 4th day of July. You might want to wow. test the limits. Life hack. Give it a shot. Life yeah, hack right. for Try people in Ohio. It. Life hack. What do you that. think about the purge really as like a, a way to like kind of keep everybody in check? <laughs> the movie, The Purge. <laughs> I, I Where you just like go crazy. You go crazy. What you is it? The, the premise is you go crazy, right? There's like to, one day uh, of a year where like all laws are completely um, 
Well, apparently uh, that's the 4th of July in Cincinnati, so I don't know. Yeah. We, we have a real experiment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a strongly written, written letter. I think about that one. Nice. From, That's all you need in this country. Um. Well, I think we've covered a lot of good ground here, actually. Yeah. And thank so. you. Thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. My pleasure, fellas. Thanks Tons for having of facts. me. You really, yeah. You yeah. really shed a lot of light on some dark, um, shadowy parts of the world topics for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the takeaway for uh, us is we need to get a trust ASAP. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's pretty much it. And. Uh, a trust and an antitrust. Yeah, we're going to kind of play Protect both sides. Protect this wildly lucrative intellectual property thing. Yeah. Here too. yeah. Oh, sure. I see sure. what you did yeah, there. Sure. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. Wild. Well, it's been a pleasure. Right. I didn't mean that as a pun, by the way, but. No. Oh, you took worked it. though. I'll, I'll we, take it. He just, that's, we, a, <laughs> that's a free pun for the people. naturally operates as a pun, <laughs> punny person. A pun machine. <laughs> Tom, well, thank Tom's got to get going because it's Sunday and there's no laws in Ohio, so he's got. got <laughs> I got to get my. Uh, I got to get my au jus. <laughs> he's got to pillaging. He's yeah. got to cock his shotgun. Yeah. and take it out in the streets. Get going. Nice. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well. All right. Cheers, thanks folks. For, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining thanks, us. Thanks, guys. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.